everybody, I don't know if y'all can relate to this with me. When I was in middle and high school, uh, one of probably the biggest stresses and pressures on my life, it, it probably wasn't what a lot of you guys deal with. It wasn't, you know, fitting in. It wasn't peer pressure. It wasn't what I was doing on the weekend. It wasn't grades. It wasn't all the normal things for me. And I don't know if some of you guys really can relate. It was like, okay, how in the world do you go from having a girl who's a friend becoming a girlfriend? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm telling you, bro, from 12 to 8, okay, not 18. I had a little bit more game as I matured. You know what I'm saying? But like 12 to 15, 16, this was the biggest dilemma for me. And I'm, God, I'm not even kidding you, bro. Like, this was a struggle. Like, I literally, I remember at 13 Googling how to kiss a girl. Homie, I cannot share the results with you. It's a little inappropriate. Like, I'm going to be honest. This was the biggest, I'm so serious, the biggest stress for me. Because, like, nobody's teaching me this. My mom isn't telling me, okay, Jay, this is what a girl wants. My dad wasn't saying, this is how, you know what I'm saying? Like, I took every cue from culture. You know what I'm saying? So I, I'm thinking, okay, do I, do I just text her? That's how I broke up with most of them. Like, do I text her? Do I, do I write her a little note being like, be my girlfriend, question marks? Uh, question mark, check box, yes, check box, no. You know what I'm saying? I, I did that. I never got the note back. <laughs> it's, like, it, it's, it's still a maybe, bro. It's still a maybe. 20 years later. You know, I, I was like, do I like, okay, do I, I fill out a friend group? You know what I'm saying? Not like mess with her friends, you know what I'm saying? But like, hey, does she like me? Or do I just, you know, man up and ask her face to face? And thank God, common sense, people, uh, Jesus, and so many other uh, things has helped me to where I don't have to deal with that problem anymore. It actually worked out. But apparently, the stress that I faced is one that the entire world is facing right now. And this is why there are thousands. Guys, I'm really loud in this microphone. Can y'all cut it down a little up here? I feel like I'm screaming. There's like thousands and thousands of dating websites out there. Now, a lot of us, we have, you know, digital apps and ways to do this. And a lot of us, it's in the hallways. But for our older generation, there's a whole lot of dating sites for this. Things like eHarmony, Farmers Only. You know what I'm saying? Black people meet. It's like a real thing. Uh, Christian Mingle. You know what I'm saying? Christian Tingle, you know, like, that's not a real one. That's really weird. You know what I'm saying? But I, I, just to show you guys how desperate the world is, I want to show you guys. I had so many more I wanted to share. We just ain't got time for that. Uh, it's a fun Google search, but don't tell your parents that your youth pastor told you to go Google that. I want to share with you five weirdest, strangest, most outlandish dating sites out there. And these are 100% real. So disclaimer, don't you dare go make a profile. And if you do, just say you saw it on TikTok. You do not hear it from church. Uh, so number five this is 100%. Find your face mate. This is for all my people out there. They really feeling themselves. Like, you know you look good. So why would you waste time getting to know and date somebody else that looks different when you can date somebody that looks just like you? So they have a profile to take a picture of your face, match it with some other female or, you know, whatever. And, and, and you can date yourself. It's like walking with a mirror everywhere you go. Number four, this is a serious one. Uh, women behind bars. It's 100% serious. For you guys or men in the room, if you really like a girl who takes risks, you, <laughs> traps, if you really like a, a, a woman who don't care what people think, man, what better place to look than in prison? This is a serious thing. During their one call, you get one call and that's all, y'all. Like for real, that's all you get. So there's not really much communication in that relationship. Number three is zombie passions. Homie, I ain't even talking about just walking dead. I'm talking about you literally believe the apocalypse is happening now. You truly believe you could be a zombie one day. You can share that passion with somebody else. And number two, they're about to get really weird. Find your furry mate. <laughs> it's where like 
Halloween is like year-round, and you just really like dressing up like some, some cute little pets. You know, like them little beanie babies they used to have. It's like you can have your own beanie baby, baby. A serious thing. And number one, I'm going to be honest with y'all, if I was not married, I would be on this one. Not, the, mm, not that one. This one, this one, fam. All you men, all you guys are going to hear me on this. Number one, I need everybody to get quiet. This is serious. Take a picture. You're going to need to get on this site. No, you don't. But sizzle. So all my bacon lovers, if you really love bacon and you want to make some bacon, not like that. You know what I'm saying? No. It's your marriage. Sizzle is the site for you. You can do it crisp. No. Okay. We're going to stop with sizzle. Guys, there are so many weird. I'm talking about there's so many other ones. One called Stash Passions. Like one called Can Do Better. Like literally, if you think you can do better, you can go on this site and do better. Upload a picture of your girlfriend or boyfriend. You can actually find one that is better. Like it's horrible. But this is the world that we live in. And guys, the point of a dating service is that, man, they know and they exist because they know that people out there are lonely. They're depressed. They're looking for the right one. They're looking for the perfect fit. And so they are created to say, come, I know what you want. Let me introduce you to the person that can fill every need. And, and in the same way, we wanted to finish this conversation off by talking about in a weird, unorthodox way, the church is the same way. That the church is like a dating service. That the church, in the same way that a dating service, exists for the sole purpose of, man, we understand that there are things in the world that people are longing for. There are things out there that people are searching for, and the church exists to be a place that says, hey, I know what you're looking for. Come and let me introduce you to something or someone that can actually fill every void you're trying to fill. And see, when it comes to dating services, it's a little simple. You know what I'm saying? Like, you like bacon, make a profile on sizzle, and you can start sizzling. You feel me? Like, you, you do what you need to do. You know what I'm saying? If, if you're looking for a girl to take risks, you just make a profile. You know, you can go to Georgia State Penitentiary, wherever you need to do. Because you know what you're looking for, and it actually gives you exactly what you need. And it's simple, but... Guys, in the real world, it's a little bit different. Like, you guys know this. Our entire world, every human being on the planet, there is something that we're looking for. Like, there's something that we are actually searching for. And, and for us as human beings, I think a lot of times we know kind of like what we're looking for, but we have no idea exactly what it is. We don't know exactly where to look, and we have no idea what to do to get it. I think deep down, every single one of us, in some way, shape, or form, we're searching for this, this sense of like fullness, like this sense of fulfillment, like this sense of absolute peace, this idea, like culture calls it self-actualization, like being able to li literally transcend and become the best version of yourself, satisfaction. We're all searching for this, this to be whole, to be, to be full. Uh, but a lot of times, even though we know that's what we're searching for, we don't know what to do or where to go or how to find it. Uh, if you have, or if anybody you know, you ever put together a puzzle, I never put together a puzzle until COVID. My wife got so dang bored, instead of watching Netflix or just having a conversation with the husband, she was putting together a daggone puzzle. So what I learned uh, during COVID is that, and you guys might know this, when you're putting together a puzzle, what always happens? You know, you get the, you get the outside, right? And you look for the colors. Or you ask somebody who sees color to put the colors together. And then you begin to identify these little holes in the puzzle. And then you see, okay, there's a hole here and a peg here and a hole here and this, uh, the, the blue color like palette, you know what I'm saying? Didn't mean to hit the mic, there you go. And so you start searching for that piece that fits that hole. 
And typically what you'll do, if you're anything like me, you'll start flipping every piece upside down. No, okay, there's a peg there, there's a hole there. It's that color. Like, you'll start searching everywhere for the piece for that position in the puzzle. And you'll start like looking, okay, I can't find them. Did I drop it? You're looking under the table. You're looking in your bed, like looking all over the place for this freaking piece. And then finally you find a piece and it like, it looks like it fits. There's like a hole there. It's like a peg. It's like a little lopsided. It looks like the, the void in that puzzle. Like it looks like it. And so you put it down. I don't know why you lick it when you do it. It ain't a stamp. Um, but you're trying to force it to fit. Like it doesn't fit. But like you've, you've tried so hard to get everything else to fit. Nothing else fits. So you're, uh. you guys are not near as invested as I am in puzzles. This is my wife. I'm just trying to, you know, love her by doing things with her. But it's the same way in life. Like, there's so many people, guys, in life, they have this void, they have this hole. The Bible even talks about because we have been created in the image of God. Like, think about this. The Bible says that we've been created in the image of a God that is outside of this world. He's in this world, but he's also outside of it. And so there's something in us that actually craves something beyond this world. Like, there's something, the Bible says that God has put eternity in our hearts. Like, there is a void of vacancy. People talk about, like, it's... There's something missing. People talk about, like, I feel empty. And it's because there is something inside of you, like a puzzle, that all this other part has been put together, but there's a hole that something is missing. And because of that, you don't feel like you've been completely put together. And so what so many people do, and guys, I'm right here in the same boat with you. Everybody does this in an attempt to try to be full, in an attempt to try to be the perfect person. They try to go all these other things that look like it actually fits. And they go, and it's like good things, bad things. It's just they're going to all these different things that culture tells them. A lot of times it's not our fault. We're going to all these things that parents and coaches and teachers tell us, and we're trying to fit, but it doesn't, it doesn't fit. It fits like for a moment, enough to stay there, and then the next day, like the feeling wears off. And, you know, we keep trying to force it, and it, it kind of fits. And it, and it, but you guys need to know anything that kind of fits, it's a counterfeit because there is a perfect fit. Like there is actually something, one thing that actually is meant to satisfy you like one thing that is actually meant to fill the void in the church is meant to be the place and the people that can say, hey, I know what you're searching for because I searched my whole life for it. I found it. Let me introduce you to it. And for us, it's not an it. It's a who. Like we truly believe that Jesus in a relationship with him, not religion, not following his rules, but following him day to day. Like that relationship is the only thing that's going to fill you. And this is why, like, our theme verse for our whole ministry is John 10, 10, where it says, Jesus, he says this, man, the thief, the enemy, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life, full life. And what does it say? Life to the fullest. There are so many people, they have settled for a life half full, and they're saying that it's, like, it's half empty, but they're like, oh, well, at least it's half full. And homie, you're a fool because you could actually be full. You hear what I'm saying? Like, there are so many people, and guys, it's not your fault. Like, you guys' brains have not even developed, and you have 10 more years, so it's going to do that. You guys have been sold a counterfeit thing, and because you feel like you've been full a little bit, there's actually more. Your capacity actually can contain eternity, and you've settled for the things of this world. Like, you can actually experience joy beyond a weekend. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can have seven day a week, 24-7, peace, but you settled for a peace. And the church is meant to be a place and a people that can say, you know what? I've been there. It's not that I'm better than you. It's that I found the thing you're searching for, and now I want to help you find it. So the question then is if the church is meant to be a place that can point people to the thing they're looking for, how do people get here to look? You know what I'm saying? Like, if the church, let's think of it as a building. 
if this is to be a place where the people find the thing they're looking for, how are they going to find it when the church is one of the last places anybody looks to for fulfillment? How do people get here? How in the world, and I need you guys to think about this, in your life, in your family, this is the epidemic of the world right now to where people are searching for something, but the one place that literally gives it to you for free, they're not searching because nobody wants to go to a church. People would rather go to the DMV than the church, like statistically speaking. So how do people get in the place to actually find the thing they're searching for? Well, I don't know if you guys know this, but when you come here, we've actually had 511 first-time guest cards filled out since April of 2021. It's crazy. But on every single first-time guest card that we have, we give, like, multiple reasons. How did you hear about us? You know, like, like what did it? Was it social media? Was it Sunday morning? Was it your parents? You know what the number one reason, 95% of the reason how people hear about us, not just get here, but hear about us? Friends, people. Let me say it this way. The only way, I need you to get this because this is where this becomes something for you to be a part of. Like the only way for people to ever get to the church, to get to a place where they can find the thing they're actually searching for, is through people. Like the only way that people will make it to the church to find what they're looking for is through people in the church who have found what they're looking for. It's through people. And it's not just any people, it's the people that you're in relationship with. That the only way in the world People are going to get to a place to find the person or the thing to fill that vacant position is to the people in their life. And this is what Jesus was communicating in his first sermon. Matthew 5, he says this. He's trying to communicate to them not just what to do, but who they actually are. And he's talking to every single one of us. And he says this. He says, look, you are, and you've all heard this, but I need to communicate in a way that you probably haven't been communicated to. It says this. It says, you are the light of the world. We've all heard this. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people, and he's given metaphors for like what light is, so people can understand. He says, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand. Like, you guys get that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it gives light to everybody in the house. So, in the same way, he connects it back to you. He says, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Before I talk about like what this verse means, you know what he doesn't say? This is what I've always heard communicated. He doesn't say, hey, you should go be the light of the world. He does not command them to go be the light. You should never go and be the light. You know why? Because you already are. Like Jesus communicates, hey, when I made you, like you remember, like I, God, I created you in my image. Like I made you. David said in your mother's womb, I created you. You need to know a little bit about your personality and your wiring and who you are. You are light. That's just who you are. So this verse is not talking about, man, you should go be light. Don't be dark. No, it's impossible for you to be dark. What's possible, though, is for you to hide your light. What's possible is for you to not use your light right. It's kind of like when you leave your, 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 your cell phone light on in your back pocket, and you just got light out your butt. Everything in front of you is dark, but your butt is glistening. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're using your light wrong. Or for some of you, like, if you lose your keys, like your boy, and lose everything, what do you do? <laughs> You're searching for it. Because that's what light does. Like light points people to the direction of the thing that they're looking for and it actually lights up the darkness around them. And so what Jesus is communicating is not, hey, this is a command. Just go, just go be light. He says, you already are light and you have two choices. You can point people in the wrong direction. Or you can point people in the right one. Now your actions, every part about you, regardless if you think you have influence or not, 
Regardless if you're having, you know, struggles just being in a room with people, your life is going to point people in one of two directions. And so what Jesus is trying to get people to wrestle with, because he's building his church and people, not a building, is this. And if you don't hear anything, just hear me when I ask this. Is your life, is it driving people away from, or is it drawing people towards a relationship with Jesus? Because it is doing one of those two. Because you are light, every day of your life, every word you speak, subconsciously, you are either drawing people in or driving people away from a relationship with Jesus. Can I be honest with this one? Um, please do not take this upon yourself. This is my personal conviction, but I do believe it's what, man, it's meant to be, not just a part of the church, but to be the church. I've been on this journey for about 10 years, and nobody's life is forever changed in a room. Like, I'm not naive to the fact I love doing this. Like, it's cool. Like, I love studying, and I love community. None of you guys' lives are going to be changed forever because of the message I, I spoke to you. Your life will be changed by the life you do with somebody else. Like, what I'm doing right now, the Bible says, I am planting seed into your life. But how many of you know what happens with seed? It dies if somebody doesn't water it. And so the only way your life will be changed is through the life of the person around you. So I know most of you guys, this will not change your life. This might be a catalyst to where somebody else can walk beside you. But I want to live my life, in so, and I had to come to this conviction when I first got this job, because I'm like, oh, no. But for me, I want to live my life in such a way that people who don't know Jesus will come to know Jesus because they know Justin. Like, literally why I have it tattooed on my freaking arm. Like, it's John 10, 10. Like, like, I've seen too much. I've been through too much. Like, forget a job for a second. Like, it's about life on life. Like, it's not about a Wednesday night. It's not about a freaking building. It's about the people. Like, Jesus literally calls you the stones of the building of the church he's building. The word church literally means, I'm not trying to, it means ecclesia, which means a called out group of people. Before they had buildings, they had people. And so it's not about a building. We just thank God for AC, which tonight just is not working. It's like super hot and I'm wearing a black shirt so you can't see my sweat stains. But I want to live my life in such a way that people who don't know Jesus will come to know Jesus because they know me. I'm the only Jesus some people will see. You can't see Jesus. You guys need to know that some of you are the only Jesus people will ever see. People need to be so freaking attracted to you because of the Jesus in you. Like, the point of being the church is not going to it. That doesn't make sense. You can't go to something that you are. You are called to actually be the church. And every single day of your life, every decision, every post, every word, every body language, every RBF, everything that you do because you're like, some people kind of got some RPS. Because you're light, it will draw people away or drive people towards. And so this is an opportunity to see your life in a different light, no pun intended, and see this is bigger than just a Wednesday and see it as a lifestyle. So is your life, is it drawing people towards or is it driving them to Jesus? This was not one of my finest moments, and I'm, I'm going to be done with this. Uh, some of you guys have heard this story. Really sorry if you're going to be triggered when I talk about this. So when, my, when me and my wife were dating, uh, it was a long time ago, we were like 18, and we were at uh, my now father-in-law's house. And so we're watching a Georgia game, and me and her are on the couch watching the game. They were a whole lot worse back then. Uh, and my father-in-law was right there, and he was, he was chilling. Uh, and so we didn't get to eat. You know, it was at that weird stage to where you don't really want to ask for food because it's your girlfriend's house. And you're just, it's really awkward, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and, dude, I'm, like, super thirsty, right? The dad gets up, and I'm, like, I need something to drink, but I'm, I'm thirsty, you know what I'm saying? And I look over, oh. There's some Mountain Dew over there. And, bro, I'm at the point, I really want to do the dude right now. Like, I, 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 I am thirsty, bro. Like, I'm so serious. 
Lex probably remembers this. And I do this thing where I just really don't care about a lot of things. So I'm like, even if it's his drink, I'm going to drink it, dog. Like, we all have the same germs. And so I, I'm not condoning that, obviously. Use discretion. Germex. <laughs> now burn. And so I'm looking at the Mountain Dew, and I'm like, dang, I'm real thirsty. But she'll judge me if I go drink it. It's after her dad. That's weird. Uh, and so she goes, and I'm like, dude, I'm really freaking thirsty. I don't want to go in the fridge. So I go over there, and I check it. It's half full. I'm like, looking. And this is the dumbest thing, but I'm sorry, whatever. And I, I, I pop. I pop it back. Uh, oh, my sweet dog. It wasn't even Jaeger. It was worse. It, oh, oh, sweet God. I'm, I'm sitting there. The texture wasn't liquid. I, I don't know. It, was a, it wasn't a solid liquid or a gas. I don't know what it was. I don't know what state of matter it was. It didn't matter because I, I, I'm sitting there. Oh, sweet Lord. I, I am going, I, I'm going to be paralyzed. I don't know what the flip is happening. And, and then it is as if I was transported to an hour and a half ago. And I, I just happened, and all this, this blood is in my mouth. So I'm just, and it's just in my mind, I'm transported to when I saw my father-in-law sitting there like this. With a Mountain Dew can. And he does this. Yeah, Grizzly, uh, it wasn't the best. I, I drank dip spit, homie. And I, it was, it was, <laughs> and if those of you don't know what dip is, it ain't something you put your chip in. You, you feel what I'm saying? Just go look it up. It's chewing tobacco. What they do is, you know, um, whatever. I drank dip spit, fam. Like, oh my sweet Lord. I was, bro, I was so thirsty and so desperate for something to drink. It looked like it was going to be good. Like it's Mountain Dew. What in God's name, what Jerry Curl goes, what Mountain Dew? It looks yellow to me. No, you're thirsty. What the frick? You don't do that. What? You know, like, if, you know, like it's not a water bottle. I can't see through it. And I'm colorblind. It could have been purple. I don't flip a note. And so I'm sitting there with the, what? We got to go, man. And uh, I'm triggered right now, dude. Oh, my Lord. And here's the thing. I didn't want nothing else to drink after that. Nothing else mattered after that moment. I wanted to go home. Like, I'm sorry, baby. I got to get, I got to. Wash my own mouth out with soap. You feel what I'm saying? Like, it was disgusting. And the truth and the unfortunate reality is that, man, that is our world right now. And hear me, as a youth pastor, you have to be, like, funny and serious. Like, guys, there are so many people in the world, not in this room, who, like, they don't know the right church answer. They don't know that the answer is Jesus. And there are so many people who are, who are hungry and thirsty and and craving something, and they're desperate, man, and they're going to anything that looks like it might be appetizing, even if it means drinking after your father-in-law, and they go to it, and it, and it kind of fits. Everybody else is doing it. That is literally what every single person and culture says to do, and it doesn't fit, and, and, and people call this their, their fix, and, and it's anything. It, it's sports. It's, it's band. It's it could be anything. It could be binge-watching Netflix. Like, they're going to all these things to fill them. It could be more or worse. It could be dip spit, if that's just my strange addictions. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's drugs, it's sex, it's, it's, it's anything that's not the one thing. And they're frustrated because their fix doesn't fit. And they're sitting there with this life, and that they've settled for this glass half full because they can't find a thing that fulfills them. And we have the solution, y'all. Like, this is not about a man on a stage. 
Like Jesus literally, God was the savior of the world and he delegated the saving to his disciples. Like Jesus could have went and saved everybody. He literally raised up people to go do the saving. Like you guys need to know, God is not going to change your school by me going there. It's by you because you're there. Like Jesus is looking for people to be the light because you already are. And so the question is your life. Is it drawing people towards or is it driving them away? Because there is a world out there, they are disgusted with who they are. They just need somebody not to tell them what's wrong with them. But good God, point to the right thing with their light. We all have friends. We all have family members. We all have people in our circle that we can see they're searching for something. They're searching for satisfaction. They are longing to be filled with some type of fulfillment. And what if, though, through a relationship with you, they can actually come into a relationship that would heal every hurt, that would fill every void, and then actually be the one thing they search for? What if people in your life who do not know Jesus, they came to know Jesus because they know you, This is not about a religion. This is not about come and do the right thing. This is about there is no other plan, y'all. There was no other option. There was no other plan. Jesus literally made you to be light. And at the end of our life, what's going to matter is what direction do we point our light. When we go to heaven, the only thing on this other side is what we did with our light. Did you point people in the right direction or did you point them in the other? Did you hide the light that God gave you and ultimately settle for a glass half full, but you think because you have something in you, you're full? No, you're full, the Bible calls you, because there's something else that can actually fulfill you. So I want to challenge you. Make it your mission everywhere you go to not hide the light God's given you. You will never know satisfaction other than living with the sense of this is all that matters. And let it be said of you that everywhere that you go, man, not just Wednesday, forget this, even if you don't come here, even if you have other things to do, here's the thing. There's people that I have a relationship with I'm talking to every single day that can't come because of sports. It's not about attendance, okay? It's about abiding with Jesus everywhere that you go. And when you do that, you are actually being the church. Because, yeah, we welcome people home here, but it's not about a building. Does that mean the church shut down when COVID shut the world down? No, in many places the churches came alive because people finally realized it was on them. It wasn't on a building. Let it be said of all of us that the people in this city, out of the 164 flipping churches in this town, 164, that the people, the thousands of people in your schools, on your teams, that the people who don't know Jesus, they would actually come to know Jesus because they know you. Because guys, that's what it means to be the church. So God, I pray, Holy Spirit, just for every single person in this room, God, that you would give them courage. God, that you would enable them to see their life as something so much bigger than what they give themselves credit for. God, I pray that you would just anoint them like Josh has been talking about with your Holy Spirit to live different and not be afraid of what people think because God knows that ain't gonna matter in a couple years and it really doesn't. God, I pray that, Lord, you would literally set up just, men real just uh, moments in their life to where they can simply have a conversation, where they can stick up for somebody, where they can simply encourage somebody, say nice smile to somebody. And in that moment, God, let their light actually begin to shine in a way that surprises them. And I pray, God, that you would wake them up to the joy and the beauty of actually doing life with you. In Jesus' name, amen.